0: my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 86, Green Healing Show resolving fatigue naturally with Dr. Ivan Hirsch, medical doctor and world renowned fatigue expert. Please subscribe to Ponto Kalhor Transition channel in YouTube and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Get pregnant by unleashing your reproductive power. Hi everyone. Today We are so happy finally we get back to warm weather here in Toronto. Hopefully you have a great uh, summer. Uh, we are with Dr. Ivan Hirsch and we're going to talk about resolving fatigue naturally. And he is medical doctor and very famous in fatigue, uh, resolving fatigue. And uh, he also uh, wrote some books, right? yes welcome to my show
1: (laughs) Pantia. thank you so much for having me on
0: yeah thank you so much for being here all right Ivan, uh, tell me about yourself what you're doing and i know um, apart from medical um, field that you're doing you also have some functional medicine practicing or what else you do
1: Yes. So I am a functional medicine practitioner. I went to medical school and residency in family medicine and learned about functional medicine. I've slowly been transitioning so that now I'm actually a coach more than I am an MD because in order for me to operate across state lines and national lines, I cannot be a licensed practitioner. Otherwise, I'd have to be licensed in every single state. And I'm on a mission to help a million people resolve their fatigue. So in order to be able to do that, I need to have a broad reach, which is why I have the podcast and the book and why about a third of everybody who we see is international from outside of the United States.
0: Beautiful. So why are you working on fatigue?
1: So fatigue has had a significant impact on my life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It started when I started residency in family medicine, I met my wife and we fell in love. And three months later, she was fatigued. And Mm -hmm. she was fatigued for the next three years. And I was beside myself. I was trying to help her. Here's this woman who I fell in love with. And all of a sudden, she is a shadow of herself. And so I was asking all of my Attendings, all the physicians around me, doing what research I could while I was still working 80 hours a week. And I couldn't really help her. And this is when I was more conventional. And she's got mostly better after three years. And then we got married. We had a kid. I graduated residency. I started a business. And then a couple years later, I got fatigue. And it lasted for five years. And it just about destroyed my life where, you know, my business was suffering. I had 10 employees and 4,000 square feet of office space at that point in time. And I had to keep hiring more people to do my job, practitioners to do my job, office managers to run the practice because I couldn't stand up for longer than a couple hours a day. I had to lie down. I couldn't remember the people sitting in front of me because my brain fog was so bad. I had all this body pain. And then I would come home and my daughter, who was just a couple years old at that point in time, would say, daddy, play with me. And I wasn't able to play with her. And my wife would say, can you do the dishes? And I would say, I'm too tired to do the dishes. And I felt so much shame and guilt around that because I knew that she needed my help and she's just coming out of her own fatigue and I can't help her. And it was it was so challenging on our relationship. And I'm I'm so happy that we survived that time period because it was so hard. But I realized that if I if I just looked at all of the causes, as I learned more about functional medicine, I knew that it was all about the root causes. And I just had to find those causes. And so I went on this journey of finding every single cause that I possibly could. I read a bunch of books, went to a bunch of conferences, tried to create the largest differential diagnosis I could. So how many causes cause fatigue? And what I found was this alarming number of causes and that it was a combination. And so as I pulled these nails out of the bottom of my foot, I got better and better and better and better until I have the great energy that I have today.
0: Um, You know, fatigue is about the energy, right? So you feel um, very tired, you don't have energy to perform your task. So that happened even I'm a fertility coach. That that happened for my clients too. The first thing uh, they have is less energy. So uh, you do you go through the, their uh, history to see where uh, they are wasting their energy or you just go to their physical body? How do you relate fatigue uh, to their issues? So whenever you're
1: trying to figure out the causes of somebody's fatigue you always want to take into account their history their mm-hmm. symptoms and then the labs and the labs are the least important part of this but based off of the history and the symptoms you can figure out 75% of the causes of fatigue mm-hmm. now there's there's 10 categories of causes of fatigue and 75% of those can be determined by the symptoms. So yes, you always wanna look at the history and the symptoms, and really it's the chronology. It's the story of this person's life because it's never, most of the time people think, oh, you know what, I was fine until that moment last year. But the reality of the situation is it started when you were born. Wow. You know, all this, all the good stuff and the not so good stuff comes from mom through the placenta, gets dumped into us. And then we get fed things like gluten and dairy. At least that was my story. I used to have two bowls of cereal in the morning with 2% milk. And these were like raisin bran and Cheerios. And then I would have another two bowls when I got home from school. And I started, and then I didn't have a bowel movement except for like once a week for the first 22 years of my life. So I was just building up toxins and I wasn't able to get rid of them. And then I kept on getting strep throat. So I kept on getting hit with antibiotics every single year.
0: That's cool.
1: And then I was rejected by a peer group when I was 10 years old, which which created negative emotional patterns for me. And I had mercury fillings, which increased the mercury in my body. And then I went to med school and had the stress of that. And then I kissed... Uh, somebody who gave me Epstein Barr and and got bit by a tick and then lived in a place that was moldy and so it's kind of like it oh, builds up yes. until finally there's a straw that broke the camel's back and for me it was it was most likely an infection or it was the moldy place that I lived in right before I got into a relationship with my wife where all of a sudden boom I got fatigue.
0: Wow. You know, that's a very fundamental topic in all chronic disease. Mm -hmm. Not everybody realizes it because they think that their body just tired. That's it. (laughs) They don't know that they may have underlying issues. And if they resolve those issues, they may just, all the issues gone. So what do you recommend as diet? Or removing fatigue or resolving fatigue?
1: So for most people, the best diet to start with is a meat and vegetable diet. So Mm. Michael Pollan said, eat mostly vegetables. Actually, I'm gonna butcher the quote, but it was, don't eat too much and mostly vegetables. I think it was something like that. So half of your plate should be vegetables, And then you're going to have some meat and you're going to have a little bit of a starch. But the less grains and sugars that you can consume, the better off you're going to be. Now, there are some people where consuming that way, where it's meat and vegetables, more of like a paleo or a low glycemic diet, is stressful on the body. And in that case, if it's causing stress and it's compromising the adrenal gland, which manages our stress, then those people need to be consuming a little bit of grain. But it's always gluten-free grain that we're recommending.
0: I like that. You know, when I went to acupuncture for my own issues of fertility, uh, he said, don't eat raw vegetables.
1: Hmm. Because
0: that was, I always eat salad. You know, I used to eat a lot. And uh, I thought because it's healthy, it's good, you know, but it um, it gives, it's cold, right? Nature of salad is cold, it's not warm. Yeah. So that's why your body needs more energy to digest the salad or, you know, whatever vegetable you eat. So that's why, right? That's why you need to have less vegetables, but you... It's good to have vegetables because it's good for your bowel movement and uh, it's great for digestion. But as you said, you have to moderate it. And what kind of meat you recommend? Because I know chicken is is uh, is not warm again. <laughs> chicken is cold, right? In nature, as as um, I don't know if uh, in Chinese medicine, chicken is uh, is uh, is not a very warm food.
1: Right. Well, and I, and I agree with you. I think that raw vegetables do require more energy in order to be digested, but it really depends on the individual. And this is you know, where, where it helps to be individualized and where people can kind of experiment, test for a month or a week, and see how it feels to be doing a certain food plan. So in terms of the meat, we always want the meat to be grass-fed whenever it can be as natural as possible. Cause that's going to increase the good fatty acids so that it becomes like something like beef it goes from um, inflammatory to anti-inflammatory when it's actually consuming the oils from the grass, but it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I'm not a fan of fish because of the mercury content. I really don't eat fish. You can eat some of the smaller fishes if you want, like sardines or anchovies, um, grass fed beef, lamb, um, buffalo. Um, some people like to do chicken. I'm not a big fan of chicken. But you do want to rotate so that you're not eating the same food every day. Because any food that you eat every day, um, you can potentially get sensitive to it and develop a food allergy or a food sensitivity.
0: That's interesting. You know, my daughter is a three-year-old. She, she's not a really good eater. Maybe you can help. <laughs> <laughs> actually, she, actually, she doesn't like chicken at all. She doesn't like. She loves meat, and uh, every day I have to give her meat. Other than that, she she don't eat anything. So what should I do? How can I uh, adjust this with her?
1: That's a great question. And so one of the things with kids is texture. And so the question is, how are you giving her the meat? Is it are you preparing it differently than you would prepare the chicken? And how can you potentially flavor the chicken to look more like meat? That's what I would say. Oh. The, the other thing too is that you want to you can go with nature on this. So if if you know you and you can rotate with something similar. So maybe it's beef and buffalo that you're rotating.
0: Buffalo. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that can, that can definitely be an option as well. The more important thing is is the vegetables. How do you get vegetables? Fruit is probably not a problem.
0: She loves broccoli. Broccoli raw broccoli.
1: Oh nice. Yes. That's great. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're on the right path. You're giving her and that's the other thing too is that with kids, the sooner that you start, I mean, they're going to oftentimes they're going to get their palate from the foods that you were eating in the womb. Mm-hmm. So that helps. But then the sooner that you start those those as long as you start with good foods, that gets that palate set up so that they're actually going to eat those foods as they get older. My daughter's 12 years old and she's a big fan of frozen fruit right now for some reason. But she'll get cravings for lettuce and she'll just grab it and she'll just eat the lettuce raw. You know, so like um, the, she's got a good palate and she'll also eat all the ve- vegetables that we cook for her or whatever. But, um, yeah, you just have to start them off young.
0: OK, got it. Good recommendation. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you have other recommendation, other steps uh, giving some help uh, to my audience how they can decrease the fatigue?
1: Absolutely. So let's first start off with what causes fatigue. And what we'll do is we'll kind of go through my four-step process that I found to be really helpful that's helped thousands of people at this point resolve their fatigue. So the first thing we want to look at is these 10 causes of fatigue. And these causes can be broken up into deficiencies, so things that are not in the body that are supposed to be, and toxicities, which are things that are in the body that aren't supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So when we look at the four-step process, the first step is to figure out what causes an individual has, right? Too many people are looking for what supplement is gonna get them better, or what IV is gonna get them better, or what treatment is gonna get them better, and they forget to ask the previous question, which is, what is my cause? What are my causes? Because everybody, has eight to 10 of those categories of causes, and everybody has a different eight to 10. So Mm. you might have causes two, four, six, eight, and 10, and I might have causes one, three, five, seven, and nine, which means that our treatments are going to be much different, which means that if you get better with B12 and I don't get better with B12, there's a reason. It means that I didn't have that cause and you did. Right, And so if we find that in the beginning, we can save a ton of time, save a ton of money, save a ton of energy, figuring that out. Now now what's great, which is what I mentioned before, is that 75% of these causes can be determined by symptoms alone. And so just based off your symptoms, so when people jump into our program and they print out the workbook or get started on filling that out, just by their symptoms in the first hour, they can figure out 75% of their causes. And then the 25% that they really need the labs, they can focus their money on those, get those labs back, and then add those into the process. So that's, that's step one is finding the causes that you have. Then step two, and I should say... This process is all about the toxicities and removing the toxicities in step four.
0: Mm -hmm. That's what I did first time for my fertility. First, I just tried to remove the toxin from IVF and everything because those toxin make your body very exhausted.
1: It's true, however, and I'll be curious to hear about what your experience was, is that we can't go directly at these toxicities, the heavy metals, the chemicals, the molds, the infections, the allergies, the negative emotional patterns, the electromagnetic fields. We can't go directly at those because it's actually really stressful on the body to remove them directly. So in step two, we start by replacing the deficiencies. And these are deficiencies in hormones, like the adrenals and the thyroid and the sex hormones and the mitochondria, which, which makes 70 to 80% of our energy and is found in every cell in the body except for red blood cells. It's found in its deficiencies in neurotransmitters, so not enough serotonin or dopamine or GABA, which has to do with our mood. It's deficiencies in lifestyle habits, so not enough sleep, not enough water, not enough good food and not enough movement. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of those deficiencies. And what I call the big three are the adrenals, which manage stress. There's a little triangular gland that sits on top of the kidneys that produces cortisol as well as other stress hormones. That one plus the thyroid plus the mitochondria I call are the big three. And that gives people a really nice boost of energy so that they can change their lifestyle so that they can deal with a lot of the stress that's going to happen in step four when we start to pull the toxins out of the body.
0: What about melatonin?
1: Melatonin is great too. I will use that as part of a sleep protocol.
0: Yes, because it really affects fertility. I just realized in my customers, I mean clients.
1: It's yes. great for, what you say, fertility?
0: Yes, then then they work on... Uh, improving melatonin it really affects their fertility functions
1: absolutely absolutely and the reason why is because you cannot get pregnant if you are stressed and Mm -hmm. one of the fastest ways to stress yourself is to not sleep well
0: exactly yes
1: and what's interesting it's just a side note is that the australian kangaroo actually when it gets fertilized and it has a baby growing inside it during stressful times the reproduction or the the division of the cells that's that that baby is doing will cease during stressful times, and then it will restart when the stress has gone away. And it's very similar in humans. We don't have that sort of process where the baby stops growing in the womb, but it's the same idea where your body is not going to allow you to carry a child if you are stressed. And that stress might be mental, emotional, or physical, like all of these toxins that we're gonna talk about in a moment. So I'm glad that's you brought that why. up.
0: During pregnancy, many, many uh, female need more sleep because they, um, their body need more energy for the fertility functions and keeping the uh, womb warmer. So that's why. And I see a very interesting point in my clients some of them most of them actually they waste their energy and you can see because their body is cold
1: mm-hmm. they waste
0: through their fingers from the hands and feet the first question i asked from them do you feel cold and they say yes and they then i f- figure out oh they have fatigue or they waste their energy somehow so what do you recommend them
1: <laughs> when they're cold
0: yes when
1: their body is cold so depending on where they are in the process this these are people who are in who are coming to you for infertility yes 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 so one of the major reasons for being cold there's there's two major ones one is low thyroid and 90 percent of all low thyroid is autoimmune so it's hashimoto's thyroiditis So this means that the immune system is attacking the thyroid gland and it's gonna cause cold hands and cold feet. Oftentimes there's weight gain that you can't get rid of. There's loss of hair. So maybe on the head or maybe the lateral third of the eyebrow, the outside part of the eyebrow. Sometimes there's swelling in the ankles. Sometimes there's a hoarse voice, but all of those can be low thyroid symptoms. Now it just so happens that thyroid is made better by adrenals, and mitochondria. Those can be supported for it. But we talked about thyroid as also being this autoimmune condition where the immune system is attacking the thyroid. So these toxicities that we talked about actually will trigger the immune system to attack the thyroid. So that's one of the things that can be incredibly helpful is in fixing the thyroid gland by removing these toxicities, you're going to end up improving the energy, you're going to end up decreasing the cold hands, the cold feet. The other thing that's really interesting is that there's an infection called Bartonella, B-A-R-T-O-N-E-L-L-A, which is found in upwards of 50% of all domestic animals, cats and dogs, which oftentimes can cause autoimmune thyroid, but it causes the blood vessels to clamp down. And so oftentimes people will have cold hands and cold feet. Sometimes They'll even have Raynaud's syndrome, which is basically where their hands are like white, especially during cold, and the hands can really hurt. Sometimes people will have pain on the bottom of the feet, usually misdiagnosed as plantar fasciitis. They'll have muscle cramps, usually in the calves, usually at night. Sometimes they'll have body pain, neck pain, headaches, anxiety, sleep issues. But this infection can cause a lot of issues, stress on the body, and can contribute to infertility.
0: Yes, I think that especially for cats are more true, right? Because I've heard, uh, I don't know if it's the um, fiction or right, (laughs) I've heard cats um, are not good for fertility. So they usually, like in in my culture, usually uh, people who have cats, they just during the fertility or before pregnancy, they just try to,
1: get rid of it for a while. Oh, interesting. Well, I would, I, cats carry a lot of diseases, unfortunately. Yes. And so, and a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they eat meat. Um, but yes, it is, I that is a very good idea, actually. I I wonder, that would be a really interesting study to take a bunch of people who are having a hard time getting pregnant and then you you and they have cats and you remove the cat from their environment for for a period of time and see whether or not they get pregnant
0: yeah might be a research yeah (laughs) why not all right so i can see you have the facebook i couldn't put your instagram here because you had lots of links so (laughs) i try to figure out um you have linkedin twitter And you have a website. I just want to be sure where your program is. Is it in your website? FixYourFatigue.com, right?
1: Absolutely. FixYourFatigue.com is the best place to learn about what we do. There's a lot of free stuff on there. There's There's a quiz to determine whether or not you have that Bartonella infection. And you can get on a free call with us if you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit for our program.
0: Good. Can you show us your book? I can see it. This book right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I am a fan of books because I have author promotion show as well, Fix Your Fatigue. Yeah, that was the best-selling book. I look for it, and it's a really good book.
1: Thank you. They they put somebody else on the cover, though. I don't know who this guy is. They put somebody Uh, else on the cover. He looks a little bit like me. I think he's better looking, though.
0: (laughs) So tell me about
1: this book and when did you publish it first time? So I pu- it's published on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I published it in 2017. Mm-hmm. And it was the number one in 2017 when I published it. And it's been, um, it was quite a journey. It was, my editor called it my magnum opus, where basically it was my great work because I really, I I dumped my whole thought process into it Um, because I am on this mission to help a million people resolve their fatigue.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show and giving us so much good information. Thank you.
1: Thank you.